Go mentor, that's my mentor. Go mentor, that's my mentor. Uh, mentors, what are we meant for? What are we here for? We sorta of like a ripcord, sorta of like a surfboard. Help them ride the wave of life. When it gets rough for them, we can be their guide and light. We can be the hope they need to help them succeed. Whether you big sis, or big bro, or big homie, just know you're a mentor. Hello, and welcome to another episode of ERG Power Talk. I'm your host, Joe Santana. That was a short clip from the song Go Mentor, written and performed by Isaiah J. Freeman, about mentoring. The actual concept of mentoring is quite ancient. It's named after Mentor, a character in Homer's Odyssey, who King Odysseus entrusted with the care of his young son Telemachus when he went off to fight the Trojan Wars. Today, mentoring has come to mean a relationship in which a more experienced and more knowledgeable person helps to guide a less experienced and or less knowledgeable person. And according to some of the statistics that I found in my research, over 70% of large companies today have some type of mentoring program. But there's still room for work in that area because not every one of these companies is able to secure a mentor. In fact, magazines are loaded with articles about how many employees who crave mentors leave a company when they can't find one. The good news is that your employee groups are uniquely positioned to fill that mentoring gap. But how do you go about setting up a mentoring program within your group? How do you support as many people as possible, including remote workers? In this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the topic of mentoring. We'll explore the essence and power of mentoring and how you can quickly get a mentoring program up and running in your resource group community. We're going to do that with a special guest. But before we begin, let's take a moment to revisit our mission and acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Behringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now, let's go straight to the program. Let's meet our guest. She's a successful serial entrepreneur who's founder and president and CEO of a company that helps clients to stand up mentoring and sponsorship initiatives. Her work has earned her recognition by the Obama White House for her 20-year career in entrepreneurship education and by Smart CEO as one of 15 leaders we admire. She's been featured on CNN, The Washington Post, the Washington Business Journal, The Chronicle of Philanthropy, Forbes, and AT&T as part of Women Who Inspire. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Cantor, and I'm really passionate about mentorship and something else that we'll talk about, which is called sponsorship. Julie, welcome to the show. So tell us about your background and how you started your mentoring consultancy practice. Thank you. Um, you know, I was working with inner city kids for 20 years, um, teaching them. We, we built a global movement uh, to teach kids in poverty how to build their own businesses. And I saw firsthand the power of bringing entrepreneurs into the classroom and corporations into the classroom who not only mentored the students, but brought relevancy and real life business to the teachers. And um, I, I felt in talking to major corporations um, that they had good intentions around mentoring, but very, very few had what we would call a sustainable mentoring initiative. And they were curious about it, but there was a lot of reasons that programs and initiatives failed or hesitancy in starting one, but they were very willing to come mentor kids in the classroom, but not so willing to build internal programs unless they had a little bit more handholding. So I started a business to fill that gap and help people help each other in the workplace. Got it. So Julie, give us your definition of a mentor. So a mentor or having it's a mentorship is a mutually beneficial partnership between a mentor who tends to possess greater skills, knowledge and experience and their mentee or protege who's looking to build skills knowledge and experience. Now notice I didn't say anything about age because I might want a mentor who's 20 years younger than me, who knows how to use social media, knows how to use um, Slack and WhatsApp and other collaboration software, or who could mentor me in being a better parent. So, um, but they, they really, they have something you want. There's also the opportunity for peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, where we learn, help each other, and can hold each other more accountable. And Julia, how do you define and differentiate between mentors and the other term you use in your introduction, sponsorship? A mentor is someone who speaks with you, experience sharing, a sponsor is someone who speaks about you behind closed doors, champions you to others. So there's a difference. A mentor speaks with you. A sponsor speaks about you behind closed doors, takes, takes action on your behalf. And as a mentor myself, I'm, I'm often looking, are there ways that I can also sponsor other people, my protégés, my mentees, and um, that's, that's, there's, it's fun. And honestly, the whole old boys network, if you're in the diversity space, you should understand the old boys network is built on sponsorship. And if we want more diversity, we need to mentor and sponsor others who don't look like us. They're not, they, they don't remind us of ourselves. They have different perspectives 
And we grow tremendously when we help each other. I couldn't agree more. So my takeaway from your last two comments is that one, there are a lot of different types of mentors out there. And two, sponsors play an entirely different role as advocates in our career. So we need both mentors and sponsors. Let's drill down a bit now into the benefits of mentoring. So we spent a year putting together white papers and scouring the earth <laughs> for um, mentoring data. And I'll just share a couple like that, a couple things I get very excited about. Um, the first one is Sun Microsystems. Before they were sold to Oracle, they had a mentoring initiative within their um, engineering department. Five years later, Wharton and Gartner did a study and found that the people who chose to mentor that year were promoted six times more than the people who didn't mentor. The mentees were promoted five times more. The people who were not ashamed to go out there and ask for help. It was actually a sign of strength, not weakness. They got promoted five times more. Retention rates at the company five years out was 20% higher with the mentor and mentees. And it saved the company in the cost of turnover $6.4 million. Because when you lose an executive, according to Society of Human Resource Management, it can be 50, 100, 200% salary in the cost of hiring and retraining. Over 80% of men who make more than $240,000 a year have a mentor. And 60% of women who make more than $240,000 a year have or use a mentor. The Association for Talent Development, and this makes so much sense, when you train a manager, you will get a 22% increase of productivity, according to ATD. But if you give a manager a mentor that can do situational mentoring over the course, let's say, of a year, 84 to 86% increase in productivity of that manager. I'm going to let you on to a little secret. I was working for one of the world's largest insurance companies. And we were doing um, some speaking with their new, with a new divisional CEO. We were using Adobe Connect's technology. Anytime leaders were speaking, engagement rates were 42 to 50%. Once we did what we call speed mentoring, which is kind of like speed dating, when we put people into breakout rooms so they could help each other, rates went up to 97%. Let your employees help each other. Wow, those are impressive numbers. And in case anyone missed it, mentors get a big bonus out of mentoring. In fact, mentors were actually promoted six times more often compared to their mentees who were five times more often than people without mentors. Now, from what I know about your work, you advocate structuring mentoring. Talk about the elements of that structure. At Two Mentor, my company, um, we created eight steps to launching a mentoring initiative, sort of eight steps for that experience that we view as best in class and sustainable. You know, the idea is to set up something 
that is user-friendly to your employees, sustainable, that does not require a ton of time, and that is well-structured. So we often like to start with flash mentoring, that speed dating model, and um, because we think it helps people get their sea legs. A lot of people, you're much better mentor than you realize. You're, you're much better than you realize. A lot of people, there's all kinds of intimidation factors um, that we could talk more about. And what we're seeing out there in corporate America has been amazing of less than, than 30% of people tell us they have mentors and less than 10% of people are telling us they're mentoring someone else. There's a huge whole heck of a lot of assumptions made. So we, we'd like to do speed dating because we want to boost people's confidence. And we do this speed or flash mentoring around themes like leadership. Or we do one called, what's your ETA? Empathy, transparency, and accountability for managers. Um, we do one on finding your North Star and resiliency and more. But let people use Zoom, use the breakout rooms, and let people have a chance to connect with five other executives and let them then opt in to be part of the mentoring program. Once they've opt in, we do an application and they might already know who they wanna work with. And they can decide if they wanna do a direct traditional mentoring top down, or maybe they wanna do a peer to peer mentoring or some type of reverse mentoring where someone more junior mentors up and that there's a huge business case for that reverse mentoring. From there, we highly recommend providing training. The mentor needs to be trained and the mentee needs to be trained. The mentee actually, we believe is the real driver of the relationship, that they come to the table with goals that their mentor can help them with they should be open to feedback. They should be in charge of scheduling. And they again, there should be a beginning, middle, and an end. So we set these up as six-month models or nine-month models. And during COVID, we ask people, especially now, where people are so isolated, we want them to meet twice a month for 45 minutes to an hour. But if you think about that, over six months, that is less than 12 hours of commitment. Or over nine months, it's nine hours to, to 14 hours commitment total. Most of us can do that. So from there, everybody's trained. We created an experiential action guide. It's called the Mentor Road Trip because this is a journey you're going on with your mentor. And we want both parties to know and to set expectations of what success is. So you're going to go on a journey. You have a beginning, middle, and an end. And we've created 11 sessions. Got it. So give us an example of one of these 11 sessions. So one session, Joe, could be you're my mentor. And, you know, sometimes in life, like a boxer, we get a knockout punch. As my mentor, I want you to share with me a time professionally where you got a knockout punch 
And more importantly, how did you get back up? What did you learn? How did you process the challenge, the failure, the difficulty to get back up? And what can I learn from your story? How can I ask you questions? Because maybe I'm experiencing my own knockout punch right now. And let's talk about that. And that would be an example of one session together. Got it. So how do you recommend our listeners nurture their mentors? So we bring the mentors together mid-year. And we bring to, to do a sharing out and a learning to create community around mentorship. What impact did they have? Who sponsored us? Who championed us? Do we still reach out to those people? So creating a community around mentoring, um, and then at the end, after the full experience, we wanna see how it's going. And we want the people who were mentored to consider being mentors the next year. And we wanna recognize the act of mentoring because the mentors in our company and the sponsors in our company are the drivers of retention and engagement and inclusion within our companies. We need to celebrate them. And then you, you close out the year, you evaluate, and then you can look at long-term research, but you also look towards let's start the next cohort in two to three months. And let's scale and expand this because this is incredibly scalable. That sounds like a great way to engage and develop the mentors. So let's pause here and take stock of what we've covered so far. One, mentors are critical factors in career success for both mentor and mentee. Two, sponsors are also an important and distinct component for career success. While mentors share experiences, sponsors advocate for us. To be successful, you need mentors that help you develop, but you also need sponsors that speak to others about you and your valuable skills. Three, mentors support us in a variety of ways. For example, by sharing experiences that help us to zero in on our goals or work toward our goals or help us to remain accountable in our commitments to others and ourselves to pursue certain goals. Four, since it's mentees that provide and drive the agenda in a mentoring relationship, they need to be trained also. Mentees should not expect the mentor to do the heavy lifting in the relationship. And finally, five, mentors can also be developed and nurtured as part of a mentoring community. Next, we're going to delve a little deeper into mentoring. We'll talk about the value of mentoring in our current remote and hybrid workplace using technology and how to leverage that technology to support your mentoring efforts. All this and more coming up. But before that, let's take a moment to learn a little bit more about Julie and her company. Mentoring and sponsorship are foundational to driving diversity, inclusion, and engagement at a company. 
People need human connection more than ever. The people who mentor at your company are the people who drive retention and the sense of belonging at your company, says Julie Cantor, a serial entrepreneur and workforce development veteran with deep passion for standing up sustainable mentoring initiatives for corporations, associations, and universities. She was honored by the White House in 2012 for her 20-year career in entrepreneurship, education, and workforce development. Please contact Julie for a quick Zoom and let her share about how she can bring value to you and your organization at julie at twomentor.com. That's J-U-L-I-E at T-W-O-M-E-N-T-O-R dot com. Julie at twomentor.com. And we're back. Let's rejoin Julie. So Julie, a lot of people think that they need a mentor, but actually you can have a lot of different mentors for different things, correct? You don't have to just have one mentor. I might go to Joe for mentoring on building a company or working with ERG groups or working with diversity leaders, but I might go to Leslie for marriage advice. And I might go to Mike Caslin for spiritual mentorship or how to change the world. So there's different, it's almost like an advisory board, but we can have uh, an, an advisory board of mentors. And I think that it's very important to see yourself as part of a chain that you have mentors and that you mentor others and we all learn from each other. So if I'm mentoring someone, I might share what their grandparent mentor shared with me because we're all in this chain and it's a pay it forward chain. But a lot of what we can pass on to our protégés is what we learned ourselves from mentors. So it's pretty cool. But Joe, tell me two qualities of someone who is a good mentor for you and what qualities they possess. Okay, well, I had a lot of mentors for different things in my business and my personal life. And even within the business context, I had a variety of mentors because I've worked both in executive roles and large corporations, as well as running my own consultancy, which requires a totally different skill set. So let me take a mentor from my large corporate experience and maybe another one from building and running my own business. So in the big corporate world, one of my mentors was my direct manager years ago. He had lots of great qualities, with two in particular that really stood out. One, he was super transparent about how he did what he did. He was really good at explaining and breaking down how he got things done. He was really mindful of taking what was implicit and making it really explicit and clear so someone who wasn't as knowledgeable or experienced could wrap their brain around these ideas. The other quality he had was the ability to point out where I could improve my performance without making it sound like he was criticizing me. So overall, he came across as this easygoing, supportive person who was nevertheless really highly focused a super highly skilled executive, and carried himself with a certain amount of humility and confidence. And I have to admit that those were skills that I personally tried to continue to build and develop throughout my entire career, even years after we both moved on. In terms of running my own business, I had another mentor who was an incredible coach. 
through example and through words. He taught me to focus on just one or two goals and then to prune everything else away. And I remember him saying, just because you could do something, Joe, doesn't mean that you should do it. So he was tuned like a laser, but also had the qualities of patience and caring about how I perform. And as I think about these two mentors and others like them, they really had a great influence on how I mentor and coach others today. Yeah, and this just what we're doing right now is a great exercise for people to do with their ERG groups is to really look at who were their true mentors in life and what qualities made that person a good mentor and to share about that. And also just what, what would life be if that person never came into your life? Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Julie? What about one of your mentors that had a big influence on you? Um, my mentor, when I was um, in my early 20s, he was a, a, a consultant and ended up becoming the CEO of an organization, this organization teaching entrepreneurship to inner city youth. And I remember just following him around, wanting to be like his assistant. And just, I'll help you. I'll, I'll come and help and I'll volunteer. And this is an amazing movement. And I said to him, literally, I will be your assistant. And he said, no, you won't. You'll be my associate and friend. That um, became the foundation of now a you know, 20, <laughs> four year relationship, 20 something year relationship. Um, and he still is a great mentor to me. With him, I, I, I found that he would just look at me and say things like, leaders lead, so lead. When I was intimidated, he made me the youngest executive director of the Boston Division of Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. I was 22 years old. I was working with people two and three times my age. And they were like, what's this young woman doing leading this charity? And Mike put me into that place. And he... I would get intimidated and he would just say, leaders lead, so lead. Or he would say something like, trust in your mission, trust in your team. Um, and he just had these isms that I have in, ingrained in me now. And um, a really sweet story is when I got engaged um, to my husband, he was at my wedding and he kept my wedding invitation in his Bible for like years. So having someone care about you who encourages you and challenges you, who is a, you talked about um, transparency, but you also talked about people who were available to you, who didn't tell you how to do things, but helped you find with the answers within. Um, honest, trustworthy, role model. They don't have to be perfect, but these are some of the words that will come up if you do this exercise with others and really do some soul searching about the impact a mentor has had in your life and what made that person a good mentor. That's a great point and a wonderful story. Julie, what does a mentee need to bring to this party? On the mentee side, it's focus. If I'm coming to you asking you to be my mentor in entrepreneurship, what is it that I'm really looking for? I'm looking um, for how to communicate. I'm looking to figure out how to do a better job in marketing, or I'm looking for how to scale a business, or what organization should I be part of? Um, so I should come to the table 
with specific goals, specific things so that we know, you know, this is where I want to go, where I want to grow in the relationship and maybe keeping it to one, two or three goals. So, and then let's check in every month or two as to how I'm doing against these goals. So, you know, how are things going? Um, so I think that that's really important. I also need to be asking you questions. You as a mentor or a mentor is like an incredible book, an extraordinary book of learning, of lifelong experiences. And we're asking you to open up chapters for us of your learning and your experience. So I should be coming to you also with questions and, you know, that will help guide me in my learning. I might say to you, can you, you know, look, I'm really struggling with this person on my team. I'm really struggling. I don't think I'm a very good manager to him or her, or I'm having these issues. Um, can you share with me how you've dealt with challenges of being a good manager? And maybe, you know, having an employee not show up for work or they seem to be tuning out on all these Zoom calls. And I really don't want the person to leave the company, but I can't keep them here unless they step up in their productivity. How have you handled something similar? So a mentee should come with questions, should be open-minded, should be open to feedback. So Julie, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you see mentees making? A big mistake made is mentees expect their mentors to drive the train, to set the meetings, to magically know what they need. Mentees need to help their mentors and be much more prepared at the front end. And I actually have mentor and mentee sign an agreement to understand expectations. And, um, I had a woman come to me once and she said, will you be my mentor? And so I said, let's have dinner. And she basically, within 10 minutes, it was really clear. She was not looking for me to be her mentor. She was looking for me to get her a job within my company. It, was, it had nothing to do with mentorship. So sometimes people do confuse sponsorship and mentorship. But you need to have those conversations and set expectations. Yeah, so it's clearly important for mentees to seek these relationships with clarity around what they want. And if they don't know what they want, perhaps the first step is to work with a mentor to zero in on what that goal should be. So let's say that our listeners at this point are saying, wow, this mentoring stuff is great. How can they get started within their group? What are some easy steps that they can take to get it off the ground? survey and understand um, how many people would like to um, participate and be part of a mentoring initiative or a sponsor initiative, get people to raise their hands and self-identify as mentor or sponsors. Um, I think there should be some type of kickoff event. I think some type of application and matching process utilizing, depending on how many people are engaged technology. But I think just the important thing is to take one to two months 
to really map out the initiative and plan it and then launch it and identify and see if, how many people will identify or self-identify as mentors or protégés. Some might be willing to do both, okay? I found it with one company, 16% of people raised their hand to be mentors and mentees. So, um, I, so yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are, are willing and, and um, I always recommend, I mean, just because you view yourself as a senior executive, just because you mentored so many other people, go and get a mentor because it is having someone care about you and your career trajectory and your life is so invaluable. It'll make you a better mentor in that chain. So with the ERG groups, um, you probably want to see if your company has a budget for a mentoring program. Um, you know, are you, is it going to be volunteer run or are you going to bring in a consultant to run it? So you want to see if there's a budget, you might want to do some activities. Um, and again, think through the beginning, middle, and an end, the eight steps to building, launching, and sustaining a mentoring program. Um, in year one, maybe you want to do a cohort with 50 matches, okay, as a pilot. And then year two, grow to 200 matches. I would do once a month or quarterly flash mentoring and start getting people helping each other. And that you can start, you can set up in less than two weeks. That's great. So Julie, with so many people working from home these days, do you think now is a bad time or a good time to start a mentoring program? Do you think the demand for mentors is up in this environment? I think that right now people are craving human one-on-one -on -one connection. And I don't think that there's been a more important time to establish a mentoring program than now because we need to be communicating not isolating and we when we help another person or when someone helps us our spirits get higher it actually would, can pull people out of depression and anxiety and a lot of mental health issues to have someone else to talk through and you know, we say we're sort of as sick as our secrets. So right now, um, because we're so isolated, it's not healthy. And a lot of people are not, are, are not, are expecting more out of their companies to be their, their social life, their philanthropy, their, you know, uh, they're looking for more connection within their companies. I would say there's never been a more important time. We can't leave our employees as isolated as they've been during COVID. And Zoom calls, it's leading to too much Zoom fatigue. When you've got 50 or 60 people on a call, you've lost half of them. They're tuning out. They're doing other things. They're checking emails. They're checking LinkedIn. They're writing their grocery list down. The one-to-one -one is where it's at. Or one-to-three. You could do one-to-three. So I think it's critical. I couldn't agree more. And it's not just mentees that reap the benefits of feeling appreciated and valued. Mentors do too, don't they? There was a group of senior executives um, at Parishing, a BNY Mellon company. And they were 50 plus on their leadership team. And they all decided to get a younger mentor. They all decided to get more perspective of their future customer base and more. 
that they would all get millennial mentors. Well, in that initiative, the retention rate of the millennial mentors who felt valued was over 90%. Yeah, so great value for everybody involved all around. Now, once a mentoring program gets started, you can't just put it on autopilot, right? I've seen a lot of ERG and organizations that put an effort in to get a mentoring program up and running, and then they just let it fizzle out. What's your experience? A lot of mentoring initiatives fizzle out after month three, so you need to really focus on that middle part. A lot of companies start mentoring programs and they don't maintain them, they don't take care of them. It's like a garden, you gotta nourish them. I like that analogy of caring for a garden. And you can blend in mentoring with other types of online ERG meetings, correct? Yeah, and the ERG groups can combine a speaker or some type of learning or some type of training and then start using your breakout rooms. And you've got a captive audience And you've got, you know, use those breakout rooms, keep it to like three people, maybe four, but I'll go with, you know, one to one or one to three and start using that breakout room so people can really connect. And that's where it's at. So you can do a hybrid approach, but if you just are going to have conferences or meetings with talking heads, expect to lose 50% of your office of, of 15 50% within the first 15 minutes. They're gone. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Julie, we're getting to the top of uh, our time together here. How can people who are listening to this get more information on mentoring and mentoring resources? Um, If you go to twomentor.com, there is at the top resources and you will get um, for free, a free download of a white paper on the business case and return on investment of corporate mentoring. And there's also a lot of information um, on sponsorship. We have uh, micro lessons, we have videos, we have blogs. So there's a lot on that website that might be useful to you. And Julie, what's the best way for our listeners to reach you directly? They can, uh, if you wanna reach me directly, just text me, um, 202-431. Five zero one six two zero two four three one five zero one six, and my email address is Julie at sign two mentor t w o mentor dot com. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today, Julie. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's a delight talking with you. I always value your mentoring our talks. And thank you for put, shining a light on this important topic, especially given what we're, we face as a country and how we all can help each other more. Okay, so let's take a look back and see what we learned in the second half of our discussion with Julie. One, to discover how to be a good mentor, look back at your own mentors and what they brought to you and what qualities they exhibited. Two, to ensure that there's clarity in the mentor-mentee relationships, goals and responsibilities and roles, mentors and mentees should sign some type of agreement. Three, 
With so much remote work these days, mentoring relationships are more important than ever as a tool for keeping employees healthy and keeping everyone linked together. Being a mentee gives you a human connection to the organization. And four, mentors also benefit by feeling more valued and more connected. This is especially true in reverse mentoring relationships where a more senior person seeks out the opinions and experiences of a younger mentor. And finally, five, Mentoring is something you can easily add to your regular meetings. For example, you can use online breakout rooms or smaller table partnering discussions if you're in the same room in order to have an opportunity to have people mentor each other around a particular topic or theme. Starting a mentoring program in your ERG is really a great way to help your members with their careers and their sense of belonging. It's also a great way for you and your members to help your business leaders to become more inclusive and more equitable. As we go deeper in our journey into the age of supercomputers and technology, having a program where people can help each other by just sharing their experiences may not seem like a big thing to do with your ERG. But as the Singaporean writer Drishti Babawani put it, never underestimate the empowering effect of human connection. All you need is that one person who understands you completely, believes in you, and makes you feel loved for what you are to enable you to unfold the miraculous you. I invite you to explore starting a mentoring program in your ERG. And then start on that journey toward unfolding the miraculous capacity that's within you and all the other people around you. Thank you for tuning in to ERG Power Talk. If you enjoyed and got value out of this program, please like us and leave a favorable review at your podcast provider's site. Also, invite others to listen to the show. By the way, contact me if you're looking for an ERG Symposium keynote or a leader for your strategy workshop, new chair onboarding, and or ERG bootcamp. I can run these for you either in person or in a virtual setting. Also, for more great ideas and tips for your ERGs, get my book, Supercharger ERGs, 18 Tips to Power Up Your ERG Strategy on Amazon.com. I'm Joe Santana, and thanks again for tuning in.